0: Welcome to Food and Loathing. As always, come for the food, stay for the loathing. (laughs) Al Mancini's on the East Coast for family time, so it's me, Rich Johnson, and veteran Vegas food blogger, sometimes writer, judge, and enthusiast, Samantha Gemini Stevens holding down yeah. the fort because apparently someone filled the fort with helium and it's in danger of floating away. <laughs> so we have to hold it down. Uh, what's up? How was your week? Oh, it was uh, busier than than most. Uh, we got all kinds of things going on. I guess I start here. Yeah, I? tell yeah. me what you've been eating. Okay. It's, it's one of my
1: favorite parts of the show.
0: Busy week, at least for me. The highlight was uh, a D.C. friend in town, an uh, old bartender at the Palm in oh. D.C., where I would go every Friday for like 10 years. I love
1: that place.
0: Yeah. She brought her daughter out for her 21st birthday, oh, uh, along with uh, a longtime friend of hers, and then the daughter's boyfriend. I wanted to get him off the strip. Yeah. So we went to Hanu Korean Barbecue over at the center at Spring Mountain, same uh, mall that ho- houses the Golden Tiki and oh. uh, Double O and a couple of other things. And until recently, uh, you know, we know Half Bird. And uh, in fact, we wanted to go into the Golden Tiki, but on noon on Saturday, it was jammed. Mm -hmm. They had empty tables that were, according to the host, all reserved. And After we went to Hanu, we checked back to the Golden Tiki and the same tables still reserved were... Still empty, so I gave him the tiki fix with a, a quick drink at Frankie's there Tiki you Room, go. despite all the construction on Charleston. Yeah, uh, more Asian. I, I made a lunch stop at Chinglish. The lunch special is, oh, is, a, is a nice deal there. I love that place. Uh, the choice of the meat, uh, meat of the day, or a vegan offering. It's usually tofu of some sort. I had the orange chicken. It's nice. It's just not flavorful enough. And I've found this every time I go. It's really nice, but it just is dialed down way too much. And this is from a Scandinavian who grew up on a family <laughs> in which there was no such thing <laughs> as too plain. of Lutefisk, you know, and all that Oh,
1: stuff. my goodness.
0: I uh, rewarded myself with a long walk around downtown Summerlin with a slice of Banano's Pizza. Uh, it was all I could do, but I did. I kept it to one slice. Uh, this That's was... hard to do. Yeah, no. This was one of my top two uh, at Pizza Fest last month that yeah. I really loved, and I've been there before. A solid New York slice, usually five or six different pies on order, so you can do that. Nice. They're moving across the street eventually and expanding the existing space into the Italian restaurant. It's going to be a bar. Oh, wow. And they're going to have more space and more stuff at the the thing across the street. You heard
1: it here. That's amazing.
0: Sign's been up for a year, it seems, <laughs> but it looks like they're actually doing it in the next month Oh, or great. So. Yeah. I was especially hungry last Sunday morning. I hit the breakfast brunch buffet at Rampart Casino, Ooh. one of the last buffets I in was just going to say, I
1: didn't even know they still had one. Yeah,
0: they do. 26 bucks for breakfast. I hit it just as it was making the transition to brunch where they bring out all the other stuff. I just wasn't in the mood for sausage or ham or a big slice of roast beef or all the other yeah. fun brunch stuff, so I stuck with the eggs, the toast, the bacon. I know Al's listening and going, "Oh, you again with that?" I chased especially
1: it. for twenty six bucks at a buffet. Yeah.
0: no, I had more, and I had a couple of other things. I had some pastries. I chased it with the bagel and lox cream nice. cheese and all okay. that. No, it's not bacchanal, but the Rampart Buffet is a solid value. I have to say. All right, I did that because the other place, the uh, uh, Earl Grey, their coffee shop was had a line. Oh my goodness. 8 a.m. on oh, wow. Sunday. yeah. So I was hungry and I didn't want to go to Dupars because I knew there'd be a line there too. Yeah, yeah there always goes. is. I hit Durango for the second time, this time for lunch. Uh, very busy for noon on a Thursday, and I was the first in line at You or Me Sushi when it opened at 11. Got a combo for 25 bucks. It was five pieces of nigiri and a six-piece California roll. All were excellent The nigiri is slightly smaller, Mm. I would say like three quarters, two thirds of what you usually see in in, in a place, which means you eat it with one bite, which means I could use my chopsticks, which is fine, because usually I just, you know, I'm told by Japanese folks that sushi is finger food, Yep. so I used the chopsticks, and so I'm not sure how I feel about getting less, but more convenient. The fish was excellent, well cut, good stuff all around. As uh, this morning, as we record, I visited a great little breakfast and sandwich place near my home that I have ignored for the uh, four years we've been up in this neighborhood. It's called Nanny's.
1: I've never heard of this. It's
0: run by a Belgian woman. It's in the same, you know, it's like halfway between Aromi around the corner and Natalia's secret kitchen. It's uh, near a pizza place and a computer place and a... Wax your brows place and all that. <laughs> there's one Belgian woman. She serves sandwiches and a limited breakfast menu that's... There's the French breakfast, you know, croissant and coffee and jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, or three iterations of a ham and cheese omelet. Uh, I had the omelet inside a big croissant. Excellent coffee. Nicely satisfied. Extra bonus, she plays uh, a Belgian uh, music station. It's all French, yeah. Belgian. Fun. And you can hear the uh, you know the announcements and the commercials in between. Oh, uh, I love got that. the internet going there. So... <laughs> A big week for me. Oh, yeah. How about you?
1: Oh, man. we. I mean, we went around a lot. And, you know, perhaps we're making up for missed Vegas Eats during all this traveling that we've been doing. Um, And, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, don't get me wrong. I eat very well on the road as well. But I desperately miss the Vegas food scene when I'm away. And I just feel like I haven't been, I've been going to like the same places on repeat versus going yeah, out and yeah, really yeah. kind of exploring my life, my town. And I love this town. So I, I've got a, so much that I'm going to be kind of like saving it over the next couple of weeks. Um, but uh, there are a few things I do have to mention because they, it was, one was a big redemption and one is just one that I hadn't visited and sat down and had a full meal in a long time. So the redemption story for me this week is a chain that I enjoyed in other cities but did not like it when it arrived in Vegas. And you mentioned it last week, Snooze AM. Yeah. And I briefly said, oh, yeah, I went over there. Um, I've now gone twice in two weeks. And really enjoyed it. The first time I had the crab and asparagus omelet, they use Havarti, so it's got a nice tang. Yeah. Really, like, a lot of crab, nice, creamy, fluffy eggs. Um, I I mean, I just can't say anything bad about it. It was cooked perfectly. It was not browned like so many places do with their damn omelets. Yeah. Um, You know, full of vegetables, not soggy asparagus, like, cooked well, Um, So I I just really loved it, Um, and and against all the richness with the veg and stuff like that. The second time I went back, um, I stuck with the crab theme, and I got the Crab Cake Benedict. And really, it's just wow.
2: The crab cake,
1: I wish I could, I have pictures, I will be posting them on social media if I haven't already. Super thick, almost all crab cake with just the lightest touch of a binder Perfectly poached custardy egg and the sauces. So they say they do their Hollandaise with cream cheese. How they make it so light with something called a cream cheese Hollandaise, I have no yeah. clue. Wow.
0: and it's delicious. Now, is there a, a bread uh, component? Yeah, there's a, a.
1: It's not much to talk about. It's Muffin? fine. It's like it's more like a brioche cutout. Yeah, um, and and it was good. It was fine. I could have done without it. The crab cake is that thick. Um, And it has a tomato with it. Um, But really, I mean, the sauces and the crab just blew me away. So it's sitting on this bed of this beautiful hollandaise and then around the whole plate they circle that with this bright green garlicky bright pistou, um sauce and um, it's kind of like a pesto it's got garlic it doesn't yeah. necessarily have nuts in it um, basil really herby um, everything was just perfectly cooked tender and crispy in all the right places just a touch of spice um, it was just perfect so Huge, yeah. huge redemption! I love that they're in the neighborhood. Yeah, and it's not expensive.
0: Rampart and Charleston, same out place as um,
1: Honey North Salt and, and honey North Salt. Yep,
0: and, uh, the, the green something or whatever. It yep, is. Yeah. Flower
1: Child. I think Flower is over Child. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a Williams Sonoma if you need to go kitchen shopping. P.F. Chang. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: God. Yeah.
1: Um, and then on Tuesday, I had an appointment downtown, and it ended at the perfect time for John and a friend to meet me and hit up the bar at Main Street Provisions. I haven't eaten there in a while, and when I have gone in, it's been quick drinks or snacks, uh, but the three of us had plenty of hunger and time on our hands for our proper meals, and we went for it. We had the beef tartare, which was fresh and rich and had a great kick of something bright and tangy to kind of break it up. We ordered the trout crudo, not the tartare, but we were not unhappy at the mix-up and happily ate it all. We also got the Cajun barbecue shrimp, which made owner Kim Owens really happy yeah. when she came by to say hi, because as she put it, it only makes sense to enjoy it when the owner herself is Cajun. Uh, beautiful dish, really light Cajun barbecue sauce, perfectly cooked tender shrimp. You can't, it's, it's, a, it's a not miss. Um, a highlight for us was this beet salad with frisee and watercress and citrus. Um, It had cheese, but if you took the cheese off, it could have been a vegan salad Mm -hmm. because their green goddess dressing and everything else they put in it is all plant-based. But the cheese was nice and rich and a little bit um, like chevre, but also a little bit like ricotta really balanced out the rest of the bitterness and the acidity and the sweetness of the salad. Um, We had a butternut squash and mushroom risotto that was also plant-based using a cashew cream versus butter and cream and all those other lovely things that we love to put in risotto. Um, And it had some nice crunchy, rich cashews in it as well. John got the burger, which was perfectly cooked. He asked for it medium. It had just the right little stripe of pink in it, um, stacked really well with goodies like veggies and cheese coming down the side. Uh, the the brioche bun was beautiful. Um, we got the they called it a tomahawk. It was a pork yeah. cut, uh pork steak or, or a pork chop rather. I wouldn't call it a
0: tomahawk. Yeah. It, it had was, a big-ass bone. It okay, had a
1: bone, fine. but it wasn't like a tomahawk yeah. bone. It wasn't this great big steak, which was fine because my friend Melissa and I split that, and the risotto as our dinner didn't need to be big. Yeah. But I wanted a sauce with it. It was perfectly cooked, well-seasoned, really tender. I just I wanted something kind of to go with the, the pork and the apples. Yeah. Um, but holy smokes. I mean, everything was amazing. And then we were given this trout in shellfish broth dish. Mm. hot cooked crispy crispy skin beautiful flaky soft and tender trout we ate absolutely every little bit of it and we were told the way they do the broth is they use an absolute abundance of all of these um um shrimp and clam and and other shellfish um shells but then what they do is they take fresh clam whoa i almost said crab fresh clam clam meat and blend that in as well. So it's not really heavy. It still has that brothy
0: texture, but it's got a little bit of that texture. It gives Whoa. it a
1: little richness. You sop up everything with bread if there's if there's anything left over.
0: Now the clams put in as they're doing the broth, or they put in later? Both. Oh. Yeah.
1: So you get some fresh meat in after everything's been boiled down. And yeah. oh my God, it was one of the richest, beautifully flavored things I've eaten in a really long time yeah we just ate every every little bit so definitely get your happy ass down to main street provisions of course that is on main street sit at the bar it's my favorite place to sit you can see the whole restaurant service was great um yeah i just can't get over that trout dish
0: still to come honors for an off strip chef the exit of a big time strip chef and dinner time at a new downtown diner.
1: But first, I get up close and personal with Chef Judy Jew of Soulbird. She was kind enough to sit down with me in the Easy Donut Speakeasy, that's at the Aria Proper Eats Food Hall, and talk about her food, Vegas, and adapting from sit-down restaurants to quick service concepts while building a food
0: empire. This is Food & Loathing.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
0: Here you are in Vegas. You're hungry and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. Want the Strip? Off Strip? Downtown? Great views? Great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com.
4: You want more Al Mancini? You can hear me all week long on all of the Highway Drive and Vegas Vibe radio stations delivering the Neon Feast foodie updates. Also, keep your eyes open for my appearances on Wake Up With The CW and my videos on the at Vegas social media channels. And you can find some of my writings at VisitLasVegas.com.
1: She's an accomplished chef, author, television host, and more. An iron chef in the UK, the second female iron chef globally, a restaurateur, a kitchen designer, a personality. Some overlap, and yet it's still not enough to describe her career. I can only feel truly lucky to be sitting with the one and only Chef Judy Jew. Chef Judy, thank you so much for taking the time today as she's cutting a fried chicken sandwich. That looks amazing. Yes. So tell that. me tell me a little bit about the sandwich before we get into questions.
5: Okay, so Korean fried chicken is a very special thing. Um, I don't know if you know the history of it, but it's actually not that Korean. It came to America. <laughs> I mean, it came to Korea through um, the American GIs. So it is soul food, actually, <laughs> S-O-U-L. Crazy. And, you know, because Korea is a war torn country, there's a lot of food that came about from war and, and the time of, of Koreans' war. This is why spam is so popular in Korea, too. And things like k- Korean corn dogs, a lot of these southern specialties made it across through the GIs, through the GI culture, and then the Koreans loved them. Um, it, it stuck with a vengeance, and then it evolved, and it became uniquely Korean, and now has boomeranged, boomeranged back around the world as a uniquely Korean product, which I think is just so cool. You oh, know, I as like it. food just constantly evolves. It's so dynamic, but the roots are there. And so, um, you know, Southern fried chicken is, is its own thing. Korean fried chicken is its own thing. And I'll tell you the differences. So Southern fried chicken is usually made with like a dry batter, right? With lots of seasonings. We can think of Kentucky fried chicken, the other yeah. KFC, oh, yeah. <laughs> the other KFC, right? And um, so Korean fried chicken is a double frying technique. So we fry it first and then there's a second fry. Nice. The second fry is at a higher temperature, crisps it up. That's where you get this kind of nice crispy shell. Please have a bite yeah, if you I, want no, to. Okay. Absolutely. I'm, <laughs> then, I'm looking at the layers on here yeah. and just looking at how, oh my God. I mean, yeah, the nooks and crunchy. crannies and stuff. It's also like been nicknamed like eggshell chicken or stained glass chicken because you're looking for that hard crispy crunch, Okay. right? Crack, crack, crack. And um, it's also because we use a wet batter. So the original Korean fried chicken is always a wet batter. People are, are using dry batters now. You'd hear the crunch. <laughs> you can hear the crunch, right? And um, this, this wet batter is kind of comes from, like, the tempura, like, uh, um, kind of nod to it. But also be, then you get it extra thin and crispy like that, you know? You can hear all the crunching. There you go. <laughs> all the sound crunching. effects today. Sound Love it. Sound effects, right? Um, And then the other thing that makes it uniquely Korean are these umami filled sauces. So Korea has a deep tradition of fermentation and gochujang, which is the fermented Korean chili paste, and then tenjang, which is is the fermented soybean paste as well as soy sauce, Mm -hmm. right? all fermented ingredients and so all of that um, you get a really nice umami you get this kind of deep complex flavors and of course kimchi right it's another one of these fermented products and so um, the sauces are full of umami they're sticky they're sweet they're salty they're garlicky full of ginger all the things that just kind of make it delicious Mm -hmm. um and you can taste all the different flavors in there yeah it doesn't just become this muddied
1: saying, I think one of the things I really like about what I've been eating today and tasting so far
5: today is that you can pull out those those flavors, the ginger yeah. and the garlic and, and you it's know, the in, different spices. It's got length and complexity. Um, I like to say that it just kind of keeps giving, giving. And if it is spicy, it's spicy, but it has flavor. Yeah. There's, like, serious good. flavor behind it. Very yeah. yeah. much so. Very yeah. much so. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing this. This Thank is you. amazing. Do you like your tea? <laughs> I oh, thought tea was so good. <laughs> we were drinking yuzu tea. Yes. Also Korean yuzu, yuzu tea. It's also known as yuja. It's a Korean word for yuzu, which is a citron fruit which i often describe as if a bergamot lemon and a absolute and a uh, mandarin orange made love and they had a baby <laughs> that's what Um, The citron-free. Yes, and I like that there's chunks in there so you Mm -hmm. can taste it, you can chew it, yeah. The bitterness of the orange, of of the yuzu peel, I love that. I I actually would eat it with a spoon. I'm I'm a big, like, marmalade fan. Like, I love bitter things and stuff, so, like, I love the rind. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about
1: why, I mean, we talked about where it came from. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose this as your concept? Because you have three now- Four, mm-hmm. one in an arena in New York. Yep, the home of um, the Brooklyn Nuts. And then this is the only public yes. soul bird outside of London. Absolutely. Here in the Aria Proper Eats Food Hall in Las Vegas. Yes, it is. What made you choose these sort of fast, casual... hmm
5: Super flavorful. I mean, crispy, juicy. Cris- yeah, you know, because um, I used to have like quote unquote real, real, real restaurants. I had this brand called Jinju before, and our Korean fried chicken had this cult status following cult status like <laughs> it, it was just insane like we would literally see like a couple of guys trying to walk past the restaurant they'd look at their watch like discuss it look at their watch we're like okay let's go in you know and they would come in and just like pound too many sliders like the korean like li- like little yep. s- sandwiches and you know people on fridays would order the whole korean fried chicken like it was cult 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 status following you know um was like really putting us on the map and we're like you know what like everybody loves fried chicken like qsrs are the real restaurants that really make money like let's just go for this okay and so we decided to create a concept around korean chicken
0: mm-hmm. that's amazing and
5: korean street food yeah and also particularly in london um there isn't a, there wasn't and there still isn't a whole lot of korean food going on so we saw a real gap in the market yeah mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense yeah awesome and so you started when did soul bird first open in london oh, gosh so now um I don't recommend this, but we opened up two restaurants during the COVID pandemic. Oh, my goodness. So 2020. <laughs> oh, wow. And another one in 2021. <laughs> yeah. And glutton so for glutton for punishment. <laughs> and our first location was actually in a Westfield mall. So um, I don't know if you know, but like London had one of the strictest lockdowns in the, in the world. That's like rare. only essential services were open. So yeah. only... Um, Pharmacies and grocery stores, basically, and so that mall opened and closed about four or five different times with the regulations, and so it was just a nightmare. Yeah, a total complete nightmare. Um, and then we decided to go for another one. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know why we keep doing that. And um, so it's it's been a it's been a rough ride. I won't be. Um, you know, I, I won't gloss over it. It's been a very challenging time for hospitality. It's been a very challenging time for the world, actually, mm-hmm. you know. So I think if you're a business and you've been able to get through this very um, unusual, extraordinary circumstances, and plus we've had Brexit on top of that, and we've had a lot of supply chain spikes due to the war in Ukraine, and like energy crisis, and um, you know, Ukraine was a breadbasket for, for Europe. Like yeah. all of our chicken came there, all of our oil, like everything. So we've had a lot of serious spikes. I mean, we were looking at energy bills that were just as much, if not more than our rent. So it was insane. Absolutely oh, insane. Okay. Yeah. So the fact that we've been able to um, survive and also thrive through all of those um, si- situations, I think I had to give my hats off to my COO, Andrew Hales, because he's just been amazing and just figuring out all of that. Like, it's like a Jenga puzzle of like, okay, with suppliers and negotiating deals, etc. And we've managed to make it through, which is great. And, um, you know, and getting off our first um, international location at Vegas, MGM and Aria was just like a dream come true. So what
1: made you choose Las Vegas? What made you, I mean, yeah. Uh, other than the easy answer, which is,
5: you know, yeah, there's a lot of food here, yeah. it's a tourist destination and things like that. Was there something about Vegas that spoke to you? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think for any restaurateur, any chef, if you have a place in Las Vegas, it's kind of like puts you on the map and it's like you've made it. You know, and um, I'm also, you know, I'm American through and through. I used to live in San Francisco, so I know Vegas well. And, like, Vegas is, like, a foodie, foodie, foodie city. And to be able to get off a location with Ve- in Vegas at the Aria after only having two standalone sites in London is just un- un- unheard of, you know. And it kind of... Um, it was a great brand kudos for us as well. So it was a no brainer that we had to do this. Mm-hmm. And the guys here at Proper Eats and, you know, and we click hospitality and also um, a perfect bite have been fantastic and making sure that our product tastes great and looks great. And yeah. So when you decided to do Vegas and you're in a food hall,
1: like you just mentioned, it's not standalone mm-hmm. like the other two in London. It's yeah. not in a, an arena where you have to yeah. get tickets. Yeah. Like it is in New York. Yeah. Um, how does that? How do you adapt to that concept? Did you have to do a lot of adaptation? Was there a lot of thought going
5: into, you have this huge menu online, you know, how do you tailor it down? Yeah, I mean, things do you go through? Exactly, so tailoring it down is always easier than scaling up, <laughs> you know what um, I mean? And so we just cut, 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 and we just kind of saw, like, looked at what, what they wanted to do, essentially, and um, yeah, it's very easy. So they wanted to stick to the fried chicken. We're not doing the grilled chicken here. Who knows, maybe we will later, you know? Um, he just tried the cauliflower, loved it. So maybe let's just see, like, fried so cauliflower on on the menu. Um, and uh, so, 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 who knows what what happens if the menu grows? But because the food hall isn't that big, they just kind of wanted one trick ponies from from every single uh, vendor here, which I think works. I mean, literally, there's something for everyone. I can never get bored eating here.
1: So are so there any adaptations for a US audience versus a London audience or was it just because it's the food all versus a standalone?
5: So um a little bit of both. Um it's interesting cuz we launched in the UK in London with tater tots on the menu. Okay. We have tater tots here, but we and but in the UK we've now since, since changed back to what we call chips or french fries. Yep people thought I invented tater tots. (laughs) I was like, no, I did not invent tater tots. (laughs) I know. But then people didn't know what they were. People didn't know what they were. We had to describe to them on our menu, like, mini barrel shaped hash browns. like nobody knew what tater tots were. and so like and and our supply chain kept getting disrupted because we're like the only people ordering tater tots in the entire country, you know, all this up. but you know, it's funny because since then everybody's ordering tater tots, like you see it all over the place. so tater tots, so we yeah, I know so like everybody's like copying us and then it's so fun. but then we're like, okay, screw it. nobody knows what these are. like and we actually did an experiment because people, Kept saying, "Do your French fries at the t- 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 at the at the cash register? Do your French fries? No, we have tater tots. So then, we decided, like, you know, I'm not going to shove food down people's throats. Like, just give the public what they want. You know, so we changed to French fries, and we sell inherently more French fries than we ever did tater tots. But because we're here in the property's Food Hall, people know what tater tots are in America. It's a like, very American. It's very yeah. American thing. So I was like, let's do the tater tots here. Or ride right, a frozen bag exactly. growing up. I like, I remember that. those. I lo- I used- I'm still addicted to tater tots. <laughs> like, I can't, like, walk past the fryer without grabbing one or something. You know, they're so good. And, uh, and particularly with chicken and all the different sauces. Mm. It's like, I love that. So that that was a little bit lost in translation. But, um, but yeah. here it works well. Here it works well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um but yeah, so that's how cool. do you feel about the vibe of sort of the
1: food hall in general because they are popping up everywhere. They're not necessarily new.
5: But they are growing exponentially. Definitely. So, what is your thought on the food hall concept? Good, bad, I love, ugly. Yeah, I love the food hall concept because I like to eat a little bit of everything, mm. different things. And it's a great way to go out with a group where everybody can get their own stuff. Someone after my own heart. Exactly. Yes. You know what I mean? And if I want a bite of pizza and then I want a bite of sushi right after and then I want some hamburger or, you know, like, don't judge me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I like to eat that way. And so, yeah, this fun. And, um, I'm very non-committal, so I like to, you know, like, just kind of have a, a, a little bite of all, all different things. I think that's a great way of looking totally, at it. Totally, <laughs> totally. And I think that um, it makes it very easy for families also because yeah. the kids want to eat just like chicken tenders or something. Whereas, you know, maybe the parents want some sushi or some ramen or a burger or a slice of pizza or, you know... Um, a falafel or whatever. So or I think Korean fried chicken Or sandwich. Korean fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. exactly. And you um, can do all that right here, everything you named. Yeah, yeah. And have cocktails and beers. That's or, amazing. Or Red Bull. <laughs> or Red Bull. I don't know if I'd give the kids the Red Bull. I know, but... exactly. You just tried to be Red Bull earlier.
1: <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit. Because I want to talk about the food, yeah. um, about the slaw and um, the sauces. Because I have a yes. specific question about the sauces. Yeah, I'll let you pick which order we're going to go in there. Okay, we can start with slaw. Please. I was yeah. watching it being made earlier because, like I said, I came in a little early. I took yeah. some photos. I oh, had great. some iced tea. Nice. Um, and uh, the young lady behind the counter was mixing this big, beautiful bowl of slaw. And I was like, okay, tell me a little bit
5: about that. So, please. Yeah. So, fried chicken and slaw are synonymous, right? Like, usually it's coleslaw. Um, I wanted to make ours a little bit fresher. You know, so we use, instead of mayonnaise, we just use, like, a, a, the soy sauce vinaigrette. Really tasty. Again, umami flavor is a little bit of the gochugaru chili, but it's not it's, it's not too spicy. And it's just a great kind of crunchy, fresh... Would you like some, Dominic? There you go. <laughs> I'm talking the <laughs> slaw. Yeah, no, um, please. And so it's a nice, crispy. It's, it's more like a salad. Yeah. But it is slaw, you know. But it's just uh, vibrant, you know. So you don't mm. get that, like, heaviness from, like, mayonnaise, which I like because... You want something kind of fresh in, in between bites. Now, you also always have, when you eat fried, Korean fried chicken, these radish pickles, okay? Yes. All the time, okay. we have Korean fried chicken. Now, these are actually even called chicken radish in Korean. Really? You only have them with fried chicken. With fried chicken, okay. And it acts like the ginger. It Would you like some? It acts like the ginger in sushi, just as a bit of a palate cleanser. Okay. Right? So, it's it's pickled. It's sweet. It's tangy. It's sour. It's 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 everything you want to pick on it, it just cleans your palate it's addictive mm-hmm. um i love it try some there That's something i really enjoy
1: about um the menu that you do have here is that you have these really crispy things mm-hmm. going with everything so it cuts every the, the inherent fat of a
5: fried, fried food definitely yeah definitely so is that common oh yeah all yeah 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 okay yeah definitely you know so even like mm-hmm. with the fried chicken sandwich you got some like nice crispy iceberg lettuce mm-hmm. in there uh, like we have the the kimchi one where there's some kimchi in it, you know. So you you want that. But Korea is all about variety and texture and flavor and, and color. So it, Korea was based on the rule of five um, in terms of the way you eat. You have to add the five colors, five flavors, and five textures in every single meal. Okay. And that's how you get your, your vitamins and your nutrients and your minerals that, that you need. That's great. Because food is medicine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me a bit about your sauces. The sauces, um, umami filled sauces, um, We've got one called chili chicken, that's based on gochujang, that's a fermented chili paste. Um, garlic, ginger in there, a little bit of sweetness. We have gochujang mayonnaise, which I love. Again, it's just a bit of heat, um, some great Japanese mayonnaise, a little bit of tang in there. Um, we've got one called the, um, the sweet garlic soy, that's based on soy sauce, has um, a, bit of, a bit of sweetness in it, infused um, with garlic, infused with ginger. All of those great umami flavors coming together and like Korean aromatics and um, barbecue. So that one um, is based on like a southern barbecue sauce, a bit of ketchup in there. Okay. Nice smoky flavors to it, um, as well as the gochujang to kick it up. And then we've got a blue cheese um, sauce also. So Now everybody. I'm curious about the blue cheese sauce. Yeah. Because online it's listed as blue cheese ranch. So and usually that people are like one or the other. So that so, is not correct. Okay. We know why. That's, that's so. why I wanted to ask. It's blue cheese. So um, so it's blue cheese. <laughs> but we're changing it to garlic ranch. Actually, oh, so, I don't know. Maybe it was made. Maybe ranch. Have to change because in London we took the blue cheese off because blue cheese is polarizing. It is. Well, that's why I don't like blue cheese. I love usually one or the other. Yeah, I love blue cheese. So (laughs) now we're changing it to garlic ranch. So I think this might be one of the last batches of of blue cheese here. So now it's gonna turn to go. We can leave it on. I'll order all the all the blue cheese. (laughs) I love the blue cheese. It's got such a great funk to it. You know. Yeah. No, I love it. So and actually, what we're seeing in London a lot is that people are like mixing the sauces. So they'll mix the blue cheese with chili chicken. Oh, So like kind of buffalo sauce. yeah, like uh, inspiration there, stuff like that. That's Serial. interesting. Mm-hmm. Double dunking, nice. Yeah. So, you have a lot of stuff coming up that I want to ask you about, mm-hmm. but I want to stick to restaurants really quick. Um, are you opening more Soulbird? Hopefully. Okay. So stay tuned. Um, we haven't signed. I have a couple of contracts in front of me right now. We're in negotiation, but until I sign them, I'm not going to announce anything. Okay. Yep.
1: And um, are you, or would you rather? Um, consider a more
5: formal sort of restaurant here in Vegas. Uh, Yes, I would consider that. Yeah? Definitely. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I live on the west side, so okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because I kind of do miss more of the creative side of cooking because like when you do a quick serve, this is kind of quite formulaic and I'm sure. obviously not at the fryer cooking in my restaurant, right. you know, so yeah, I would love to do something maybe a little bit more high-end, but we'll see. That you would know? be amazing. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you've got coming up. You've got books and shows it. yeah um I've I've got a new book coming out in 2025 that I'm working on right now the lead time for books is, is very long but my last book Korean soul food just got reprinted so there's a new cover edition that's out that's great and a new show that's coming out in May or April
1: tell me um a little bit about your favorite dishes I mean not just what you're making here but yes. what kind of dishes inspire you as a chef
5: Oh, I love traveling, and so wherever I go and in a new country, I'll just eat my way through the country. And you're you're inspired by everything, mm-hmm. absolutely everything. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm constantly whenever I go back to Korea, I'm even constantly surprised. I always try something different and new. This is the thing with food; it's like you you can never learn learn it all. It's impossible. Like there's so many variations and spices and herbs and you know hidden corners and things and plants and um, like root vegetables or, you know, sea creatures that you've never eaten before that um, are delicacies in, in different countries. And, um, but in terms of like my favorite dishes, I would say like, I love seafood. I'm a big seafood eater. Um, so I love, I love eating sushi. I love eating all, all different types of fish and shellfish and lobster and king crab and oysters and shrimp and everything is, is, is good. Um but I also, um, you know, I, I kind of, I gravitate towards vegetables mm-hmm. a lot. Um, pescatarian. But I, I eat everything. But I, I obviously love seafood, but just vegetables. I actually could be, become a vegetarian, like, and not really miss it too much. Um but I love tofu also. Yeah. Tofu is one of my favorite things to eat. I can eat it every day. Yeah. But tofu is not like a punishment in Asia. You know, like tofu is a food in its own right. Absolutely. Like, you eat it with meat. You eat it with everything. Like it's not just for vegans or, or vegetarians. No, I think it's amazing. I mean, I think it
1: yeah. takes on a lot of what you do with it. Yeah. And if you put it with the right things, it's also a cool texture element.
5: Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. that was awesome. awesome. No, I love tofu. <laughs> and I love tempeh. And I love like all the... Yeah. Okay. All the. What are some of your favorite places to eat at in Vegas? When I was here in Vegas uh, around this time last year, my friends took me to Esther's Kitchen oh, in yes. downtown. It was so good. They had like the best bread, and we just picked out and ate everything on the menu. It was- <laughs> Honestly, I think that's like my favorite meal in Vegas. Yeah. Other mm-hmm. and then the Lagordo's tacos. Tacos El Gordo. Oh, tacos El Gordo. Yes. Absolutely. So good. <laughs> so good. Love it. Yeah, that's something I was gonna say too. By the way, is happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> was like I gotta go to Vegas and detox because <laughs> I was in New York for like and it's like so much eating, so much drinking. Yeah, because my birthday. I'm not complaining. It was so fun and so nice, but I was just like, I was like, I am so. I think the first person to tell me they went to Vegas. Vegas. Because I was like, I have got to get out of New York and just stop. Yeah, like stop celebrating my birthday because I'm just like, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I'm just like, I don't even want to look at alcohol when I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. You. Uh, is there anything else that we can talk about,
5: put out there for you? Um, I think just, uh, yeah, if you haven't tried Korean fried chicken, definitely come into Soul Bird and the Properties Food hall. Oh, absolutely. Definitely go for the signature um, uh, sandwich, chicken sandwich, and a bit of um, yuzu iced tea and see how you get on and maybe a bucket if you want for the tenders. I love it. I guarantee it. You won't be disappointed. Not at all. Guaranteed. Thank Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.
0: We are all over social media. Just search for Food and Loathing, or reach out directly, info at foodandloathing.vegas.
1: And where am I these days? What am I doing? Most important, what am I eating, cooking, and learning? Find out anytime at wishboneandvine.com.
0: One more time, that's info at foodandloathing.vegas.
1: And my site, wishboneandvine.com.
0: Time for the news and it is the season for holiday parties and open houses. If you want to serve something really special, you should find yourself a specialty store. And the best in the <laughs> valley is a cured and way. Al asked owner Michael Stam some tips about how to wow your yeah.
3: guests right now we have pretty much uh, everything that we offer to hotels and restaurants. But I mean, right now fresh entrelles, black trumpets are available. Uh, We're putting them out. We just got actually one of the last shipments in from the Pacific Northwest before they started flooding. So we're looking for a new location. But then, of course, we have foie gras mousse. We have uh, duck terrines. We have all the different charcuterie. I mean, I got 11 prosciuttoes, three serranos, two ibericos. I mean, if you can't find it, I Work with incredible charcuterie makers uh, from smoking goose to angel salumi, and then, of course, all the imported ones Devodier, uh, 30 months age prosciutto, 18 months age prosciutto. We got the culata, we got the culatello available now. So, I have fun with food, and that's what we're really enjoying. I mean, uh, we got an incredible. Iberico Chorizo, but it's mixed. It's half Iberco and Berkshire to keep the price reasonable. Uh, of a Chorizo from Spain, that is just phenomenal.
4: And is this stuff all... The, the, let's talk about it. Let's say I am, because this isn't hard to imagine, let's say I am a really bad cook and I don't know how to put things together myself for my own party and I just know that I've got maybe 20 people coming over or a dozen people coming over and I come in here and I'm like desperate like to your to your team at Kieran Way, hey guys, can you help me plan a party? Is this stuff that I need to know how to go home and cook myself or this is stuff that's party ready that you're offering?
3: We have a lot of items that are party ready. I mean, we got that duck- confit, all you have to do is literally put it back in the oven and heat it up or put it in a cassoulet. We got boudin noir, which are ready to cook. We got Toulouse. Uh We got a wild boar brat. I mean, it's just... It's, these items, you can literally just on the steak. We even got some incredible pork chops now or spare ribs if you want to. These are all small farmers from the Midwest. Heritage Farms USA, Berkshire uh, pork, that is just phenomenal. Uh, but then, of course, when you have friends over, cheese and charcuterie boards is always a big hit. And I mean, all the girls over there will help you guide you right through it. If you want to create it yourself, we got everything from 350, 370 cheeses all the charcuterie that you want and we can slice it for you and then you can take it home and prepare it yourself put it on a platter or we can do that for you over here okay. uh, so that's no problem
4: what about people who want to play around maybe get some ingredients they've never tried before maybe you want to try caviar for the first time maybe you want to try some form of foie gras for the first time although they don't really know what it is you know like those kind of people what would you recommend to them
3: well, on that, I would go with the pre-made foie gras mousse, or if you want to sear it, we can, we can actually walk you right through on how to prepare foie gras. It comes already pre-sliced, frozen in two ounce and three ounce slices. Uh, the foie gras mousse, you literally just open a package and put it on. We have, uh, the Hudson Valley one, the Touchon, you, just open it, slice it, and put it on a, on a crostini. Uh, that's no problem. That's easy to do. Uh, the terrines are phenomenal. They're ready. They're li- literally ready to serve. Uh, we got the Canadian one from Rougier or we got the one from Valley. Uh, those are really simple. Uh, the kaluga, the etc., they're available. Uh, you can get the blinis, the typical Russian-style blinis. They're fresh made and then frozen, and you pick them up, you just slack them and put the caviar right on it. Uh, a little bit of cream fresh, that's always available, and you could pretty much get all these ingredients right here.
0: Sparrow and Wolf's executive chef, Alex Packe, is the winner of the 2023 Rising Star Chef, awarded by the Nevada Restaurant Association. On its website, the restaurant said that Packy's dual nominations, Rising Star of the Year and Chef of the Year, are testament to his exceptional skills and dedication to the culinary arts. Chef Alex's passion and creativity are the driving forces behind many unforgettable experiences at Sparrow and Wolf. That's some first-class PR That's writing amazing. there. That's <laughs> amazing. Congratulations, <laughs> Chef Alex. It is being said that Chef Min Kim is out at Mizumi at the Win. The resort says Kim resigned in September to pursue new opportunities But he left while his restaurant was undergoing a gut reno to his exact specs. The internet's full of ideas. Uh, We're not going to share them here unless we can confirm them. And as for dining at Mizumi, one source said, uh, maybe wait for the new chef. (laughs) Uh. Winnie and Ethel's has introduced a new dinner menu, including diner favorites. Oh, yeah. Salisbury steak, meatloaf, a breaded pork chop, and chicken cordon bleu i don't know if i've had cordon bleu in a diner that often but i think i might have to try that yeah winnie and ethel's downtown diner at charleston and maryland parkway is open wednesday through saturday 8 a.m to 10 p.m sunday and monday 8 to 2 p.m closed on tuesday
1: and you know i'm all about the tin fish but there's another new fish treatment worth trying and that is dry aged fish One chef who's making it happen is David Middleton at Lakeside at the Wynn Las Vegas. Al's first question to David, should we think about dry-aged fish the same way we think of dry-aged beef?
2: Definitely not. I think that um, you're trying to achieve essentially the same thing. The difference is, is that you're developing a different flavor profile with good bacteria on beef versus fish. We don't want to develop any bacteria. We're strictly just trying to remove... Uh, water content which enriches the protein and then you're just left with the fat and the protein
4: so what is the process like i mean so and, and i think a lot of people don't really understand this that you know a fish comes out of the ocean it doesn't show up no matter how quickly your delivery process it is uh <laughs> it doesn't show up on your your table the next day most of the time fish the, and you don't want fish for example sushi has to rest because you don't want the rigor mortis to set in so you don't necessarily want the quote freshest fish straight out of the ocean because of, I guess, the struggle that happens and the hormones that are released? Is, am, am I understanding the concept correctly?
2: Yeah, so I think that um, growing up and in, in the past, before science has really kind of taken a, a hold of all this, is that you, the, we were always told you want to get fresh seafood. Well, yes, you do want to get fresh seafood, you are correct. There is rigor mortis that is involved in, in, in a lot of it, and that normally takes about 72 hours to completely purge itself from the, from the protein. So you, you do want fresh seafood, but you want it at a point to where whoever's been handling it knows what they're doing. So typically when you go to a sushi restaurant, on average, that fish will have been out of the water a minimum of five days, but they've held it in a certain temperature and control um, in order to keep it to where it's still pristine, uh, even though it's, it is, it is going to be five days old. Uh, so dry aging is kind of the same, the same thing. We're just controlling the temperature, the humidity in order to get an end result of what we want the flavor profile of the meat to be.
4: Okay. And in, how would you describe the difference between eating fish that's been properly dry-aged and just eating you know, what, what you have always get at a great seafood restaurant like Lakeside?
2: So de- depending on the fish, and we, we've messed around with a couple, the, the primary focus now for us is tuna, which is kind of a, a meatier fish, right? Um, it's not a fishy fish. It doesn't have uh, the fat content or flavor profile like, say, mackerel does. But it does lend itself well to aging because of the quality of the meat. So when we dry age the tuna, we remove the water. So the the connective tissue also breaks down in the sinew. So sometimes some of those pieces that are near the belly uh, you wouldn't necessarily use for like sashimi or tartar. You could totally do that in this process because it does break that down. So the meat isn't mushy. It's just a, it's much more delicate in the sense of you can cut it with a spoon. It's, it's, it's that uh, easy to do, but it still has a wonderful mouthfeel. Okay,
4: cool. And which products are you offering here at Lakeside?
2: So currently we're only using the, the, the Big Eye Tuna from Hawaii. We were doing a halibut when it was in season, uh, but we were only aging that uh, for 24 hours after we were curing it. So we were curing and also dry aging the halibut, uh, just because there's so much water content in the halibut, we wanted to remove that. Um, so the halibut is no longer on the menu because the season has ended. Um, so we'll be looking to do other things. So currently the tuna is our is our main focus. Um, and we're, we're very busy doing it. So.
4: so how is that served? If I come in and I want to try that, what is it I'm going to order? Is it only one dish that's on the menu? Is it several dry-aged tuna dishes that are on the menu? And, and what's it going to come to my table looking like
2: okay so when we when we get the tuna in it's a it's a full loin uh bone in and so we do have to fabricate it down so we do have an end piece and a tail piece that uh we will use for tartare uh but we'll age that for about three days and, and then use it for our tuna tartare dish the rest of it goes into the dry aged locker uh for seven days and then we cut it into chops it looks just like a bone-in ribeye um and uh so we'll grill that over our uh cherry wood uh chitwood grill until it's rare about 105 degree internal temperature and then we slice it and fan it out on a plate and we pour a a, um, um, a yuzu soy based sauce table side The Specialty
1: Food Association's Winter Fancy Food Show is set for next month, but you probably can't go. It is a B2B event featuring thousands of specialty food and beverage products from around the globe. The show is open to qualified members of specialty food trade, industry affiliates, and the media. And that's us. Yeah! So as we did last year, Food and Loathing will be there to share it all.
0: I'm going to go (laughs) a lot more with a vengeance this year because I I had to cut it short last time. I only saw things within about... 40 or 100 feet I of our I really mood.
1: feel like I didn't see much going on yeah, at all. <laughs> I'm going to
0: go do the show and then we'll stay and right? see more stuff oh
1: and uh them resort located at the south end of the valley is expanding the new wing will cost more than 200 million dollars and will add nearly 400 rooms and fifteen thousand square feet of convention space what i'm excited about is that the expanded resort also plans to offer updated amenities new restaurant concepts concepts. and local (laughs) partnerships we'll keep our ears open and let you know about all the good eats and drinks as soon as we can and we would be remiss if we didn't mention the star-studded opening of the long-awaited Fountain Blue. After almost two decades of stops and starts, and let's face it, most of it stops, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the resort opened Wednesday night with great fanfare, entertainment, and of course, the ultimate food and drink offerings. We're planning our own food and loathing takeover... Okay, a podcast visit, yeah.
0: and we will share it with all of you on an upcoming show. I was kind of bummed we couldn't score an invitation oh. to the party, and then I saw it was all black tie, and I my tux doesn't fit me anymore, <laughs> just as well. It would not have been a pretty sight.
1: Oh, yeah, I looked at all the social media, and I was tired already, but oh, it looked really, really amazing, so I'm yeah. looking forward, three of us going and having a good time. Oh,
0: it is beautiful. I oh. was in there the week before uh, when we did the, uh, the uh, On the Corner of Main Street yeah. the Plaza podcast, And, you know, oh, man, it is gorgeous. And it is blue. There's a lot of blue. Worth
1: the 17-year wait I'm hearing. (laughs) I think so, because it's
0: upgraded. It's not the 2008 fountain blue. It is the 2023 fountain blue.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, that's all we have for this week. We want to thank everyone who took the time to sit and talk with us, share their news, let us peek into their personal corners of the culinary universe. For Rich Johnson and the traveling Al Mancini, I'm Samantha Gemini Stevens. Stay Stay hungry. hungry.